Welcome to this podcast from the Allergy, Immunology, and Inflammation Assembly of the American Thoracic Society. This podcast, in anticipation of the upcoming American Thoracic Society International Conference in Dallas, we're going to discuss approach strategies for this conference as an early career professional. I'd like to thank the panel members for participating in this year's preview of the uh, annual meeting upcoming in Dallas. With us today, we have the incoming assembly chair for AII, Dr. Jay Coles, professor of internal medicine at Tulane University. We have Dr. Mark Gauthier, a member of the early career working group of AII. And we also have Dr. Najira Logogo, associate professor of internal medicine at the University of Michigan, chair of the International Relations Advisory Committee for the AII Assembly. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to get us started opening it up for uh, Dr. Jay Coles to give us some basic information about the meeting, such as the locations, the hotels, uh, and the conference centers. Yeah, well, so this year's meeting's in Dallas, uh, Texas. There's a number of hotels that are in walking distance of the uh, the venue. Um, yeah, one, one thing that, that uh, you know, we had a site visit about a month ago, and uh, it, it looks like a pretty wide-open meeting space, hopefully easy to navigate. Um, it is uh, Dallas itself is under a little bit of a renaissance downtown with a um, significant increase in art uh, galleries. They've moved a lot of their art museums from Fort Worth to downtown Dallas, so there should be some, in addition to the excellent science, some um, uh, hopefully some opportunities to, to uh, see uh, downtown Dallas. Um, in terms of the program, I, I, um, AI has been very busy. Uh, they're participating in eight postgraduate courses and uh, 27 symposia. Um, as uh, Najara can maybe comment on a number of mini symposium and poster discussion sessions. And then interestingly, there's actually um, one workshop on um, for attendees that are uh, are discussing the ethics of uh, gene editing, which um, obviously cuts across uh, multiple aspects of the uh, of uh, many assemblies in the in the ATS. Great, thanks for that. So I was wondering if you could discuss the theme uh, for this year's conference. Yeah. Um, so w- w- there's a lot of content on uh, asthma. There's a, a postgraduate course on the state of the art of asthma. Um, obviously, the treatment of asthma is a, a fast-evolving area with a number of new biologics uh, available. Um, and in AI, um, it being a, both a clinical science and basic science assembly, participates in what's called the basic science core. Um, and therefore, we pick a theme that cuts across um, assemblies that have a significant basic science component, and that includes uh, RCMB, or respiratory cell molecular biology, and respiratory structure and function. And uh, w- the basic science core theme uh, for this year is, is, is stem cell fate. Um, and if you look at the program, there's a lot of, um, uh, I would say, omics technologies. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, technical presentations on single-cell RNA sequencing, um, a technique called CYTOF where you can um, look at, at cells at a single-cell level um, at the protein uh, level. And uh, th- this technology just in the last year has identified you know, new cells in the lung. Um, one, uh, there was two high-profile papers in Nature profiling these new cells called ionocytes. Uh, these are cells that express a lot of the cystic fibrosis uh, protein and are thought to be important in ion transport in the um, uh, airway. So, I, you know, I think from a technical perspective, um, 
that this year's ATS meeting will highlight you know, new techniques that right now are, you could argue are, are you know, largely in the basic science realm, but uh, there is a strong push to move these technologies into uh, patient-related um, research. And, and I, I think it will open up new, um, you know, areas of, of or new understandings in pathogenesis of disease, but hopefully ultimately uh, a better understanding of disease such that we can uh, um, kind of really advance our goal toward precision uh, medicine. Mark, for people who haven't been to this meeting before, could you just outline for them what the differences are in the different sessions, particularly the symposia, the differences in the poster sessions, rapid, thematic, the clinical year in review, mini symposia. I wonder if you could just give a little bit more detail on those sessions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there, there are a couple different um, programming session types at the conference. Uh, there are the, the postgraduate courses, which are designed um, really to be sort of um, an educational series on specific themes. They're usually uh, paid content, and they're usually on Friday and Saturday. Um, in, in a similar vein, there are the Sunrise Seminars, which are paid content that are er very early in the morning, but they tend to be very small, highly targeted sessions, um, and they're usually, um, I think, like 6.15 to 7.15 or 6.30 to 7.30 or somewhere there, but they're also paid content. But the idea of the much smaller, more interactive session rather than the postgraduate session. Uh, in terms of the general um, conference programming, they usually fall into, um, let's say, probably three main categories. There are the symposia and mini-symposia, uh, which are more traditional lecture-style uh, presentations where you have a series of speakers with slideshows um, or PowerPoints and uh, an opportunity to ask questions after each presentation is completed. Um, and those can vary in size from relatively small uh, symposia um, featuring sort of oral abstracts uh, to the more the program symposium to the bigger uh, clinical year in review, which are sort of people presenting a lot of the newest findings in specific uh, areas over the last year in a much bigger sort of lecture hall type setting. Um, and so those are um, a good opportunity to sort of hear what the newest or hear what the uh, newest developments are in the field in sort of a more traditional lecture format. In addition, there are two different poster uh, sessions. The one that people are probably most familiar with, if you've been to other conferences or research days, or those types of meetings, is the thematic poster. And that's just basically uh, poster presentations that are usually uh, close to the exhibit hall, uh, where presenters stand with their posters and are there to ask questions. Um, a lot of people may not know, but they're actually facilitators. Um, they're uh, usually during the second hour of those thematic poster sessions who walk around to the different posters to help facilitate discussion and ask questions. And so um, if there's a particularly good session that you want to go to, um, that may be a good time to really focus on being there so you can, you're welcome to tag along with those facilitators um, to sort of help facilitate discussion on those posters. Uh, but that's a great opportunity to talk with researchers on an individual basis. Uh, in addition to that, there's something that's actually relatively unique to the ATS. I'm not actually sure that any other meeting that I know of does something similar, but there are these, they call, it used to be the poster discussions, now they're called rapid, rapid fire uh, abstract sessions. Uh, but basically what it is, is it's a select number of poster presentations within a smaller room. And so the, the thematic posters are in a big poster hall, and there's probably several hundred posters um, all together in this sort of hall uh, spread across different aisles. But these 
uh, rapid-fire sessions are much smaller. There's usually 20 to 30 posters per session within a single room. And what it is is uh, presenters have a minute to, uh, and one PowerPoint slide to sort of present what their big story is for their poster, you know, what they're presenting is you know, sort of a quick highlight. And then there's a period of time that you walk, can walk around to the different posters. And so you kind of get a sense up front of a preview of what everyone has. And then you can go and talk to the poster, to the presenters, view the posters that are of particular interest. And then everyone comes back together again for the last hour, hour and 15 minutes or so. And the facilitators will facilitate discussions between the audience and between the poster presenters with the idea of sort of building um, uh, on various themes that are present with, uh, within that session, getting uh, people to talk about how their research fits into that theme, uh, discuss um, you know, limitations, other areas of interest, how different posters might fit together and sort of answering, uh, answering questions. And so it's really a great and, and unique opportunity to see a couple of you know, different researchers be able to have this discussion between themselves and between the audience about some of these sort of bigger picture questions and how each person's particular study fits into that question. So it's a really unique session. They're a lot of fun to go to and a great opportunity to uh, get involved with, again, some of those discussions to ask questions, uh, to see how other people ask questions, which is often just as helpful too, um, and, and really get to meet a lot of people who are, you know, again, sort of involved in these cutting edge research areas. I guess one thing, symposia are really membership submitted, typically by a mid-July deadline, and you know they're ranked through a scoring process. And the mini symposium really driven by the abstracts that that are submitted in October. And you know, the nice thing about the symposium uh, is that anybody can submit a symposia. Um, it, you know, the website's open to any. Um, uh, ATS member, so you don't necessarily have to be, you know, on a specific committee, or um, you have to, you don't have to be a member of the program committee. Great, uh, that's a very helpful overview, uh, Dr. Logogo. Uh, I was hoping to get your perspective on some of the sessions to highlight from the clinician perspective. Thank you. Um, this year, um, asthma is being highlighted uh, at several sessions, including um, sessions that are looking at biologic therapies, uh, particularly in the clinical year in review and in the core curriculum as well. I would um, recommend that uh, clinicians uh, consider participating both in clinical year in review core curriculum sessions, which will highlight multiple different uh, topics that would be of interest to clinicians, both in pulmonary critical care and also in sleep medicine. There is a, a new series called the Keynote Series that's highlighted in the program that is really interesting, has uh, definitely included several high-level uh, topics uh, that are quite pertinent to pulmonary medicine. They're not specific to any particular disease, but really aim to deal with uh, issues that cut across multiple disciplines within pulmonary and uh, also critical care. There is an ATS President's Symposium on Monday that will highlight 50 years of progress in pulmonary science and promises to be quite um, interesting, including uh, coverage on COPD, asthma, ARDS, and other directions for lung research in the future. 
the sessions that uh, AII has at a symposia that are somewhat clin uh, partly clinical and partly research that may be of interest to clinicians include sessions on treating asthma and obesity, looking at the impact of the lung microbiome in patients with uh, pulmonary disease, studying difficult to treat asthma in pediatric populations, and reviewing the evidence in asthma COPD overlap syndrome, which are all uh, highly relevant topics in managing patients with uh, pulmonary disease. All these uh, sessions that I've recently highlighted are co-sponsored by AII and will include a lot of AII members as both speakers and um, moderators. So that promises to really highlight some of the cutting edge information that's coming up that although may not be acutely relevant uh, in some cases, is really something that uh, will become significantly important over the next few years as we uh, manage patients with all these various pulmonary diseases. There will be um, sessions specifically focused on biologics in asthma um, during this ATS uh, session. There are some uh, topics on biologics in Sunrise uh, seminars as well as postgraduate sessions. And in the open um, ATS uh, presentations, there will be the clinical year in review where I will highlight um, three papers, um, including the new dupilumab uh, data that was published in 2018 and ended up resulting in approval for dupilumab as the latest uh, biologic therapy that targets patients with asthma. Also, in the pulmonary core curriculum, there will be a session that specifically focuses on how biologics should be used in treating asthma patients. Lastly, Dr. Jonathan Corin and I will have a session um, early in the morning, 7 a.m. on Sunday at the Clinician Center that will be a basic introduction to immunology for clinicians. Uh, in this session, we plan to discuss um, some basic immunology that will help clinicians to better understand what pathways are being targeted by biologic therapies. And at this session, breakfast is included, so that might be a place you want to start your morning before coming to the uh, core curriculum session on biologics in asthma as it will fill some gaps in knowledge um, that exist prior to participating in the um, in the um, core curriculum session. So hopefully we'll see you at all these sessions. That's great. Always good to highlight the sessions where food is involved because it's easy to forget to eat at such a busy meeting. Yes, for sure. Do any of the discussants have particular sessions they want to highlight that are focused more on the research uh, end of uh, AII? Well, there is a um, uh, transcriptomics, and I think it's on, what's well, on B10 is a co-sponsored basic science symposium on the human lung cell atlas um, that goes beyond single cell sequencing, but basically, to, basically better to find um, what cells make up, uh, make up the lung. So this is um, basic development of biology, but obviously impacts, you know, every lung disease we, we treat as clinicians. Um, there's a number of sessions focused on um, 
mentoring. So there's a grant writing course that's part of the postgraduate uh, curriculum. Um, there's a, um, as Najara alluded to, there's a um, severe asthma postgraduate course um, that that is uh, paid content. But uh, for those that are, you know, want to get an update on on the state of the art of severe asthma, um, that's certainly an option. And then typically something that um, is always um, a high-profile symposium is the um, the partnership we have new, with New England Journal uh, Medicine. That session is on Sunday, and it highlights the latest um, clinical trials that, that have been uh, published in, uh, relevant to the ATS. And oftentimes, um, in the past, this has included you know, some of the asthma clinical trials, but also clinical trials in area of IPF and other lung diseases are highlighted there. And that's usually a... Um, if you plan on going to that, that's something that you want to um, get there at least like 15 to 20 minutes before because uh, I've seen it often oversubscribed. And, and um, um, typically they'll set up accessory rooms where they'll actually have the content on a video uh, if, if the uh, if room gets uh, um, if it's, uh, too full. Great. Well, thanks for that overview. Given the people listening to this podcast, a lot of uh, different things to consider which is a good segue to the next section. So it's certainly daunting as a early professional coming to a large international meeting like this. And Mark is going to discuss some uh, tips and tricks uh, as a uh, early professional on how to navigate a meeting such as this. Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I think you know, for listeners who haven't been before, uh, ATS is a, you know, it's a huge meeting. Uh, it's multiple sites, uh, multiple days worth of programming. And I think it's, you know, the first time I went, I'd been to smaller conferences before that had sort of a single track of planning, and you get to ATS, and there's just tons of sessions that are all happening at the same time. You get a book that's like a half-inch thick, you know, when you check in, and so it can get really kind of overwhelming if you're not uh, sure how to how to proceed. And so, you know, taking that in mind, you know, we've tried to come up with a couple of tools to help, help folks out with navigating the meeting and sort of getting a a good experience out of it, not just being overwhelmed running from thing thing to thing. Uh, so there's a great uh, resource on the conference website called the um, for the Members in Transition and Training Committee called the ATS Roadmap for Early Career Professionals. Uh, you can find it on the if you go to thoracic.org and click on the conference link. There's a, a button in sort of the top right corner that has a link to it. It's a PDF, and what it does is kind of outline sort of a general approach to the meeting, and then also provides kind of a sample itinerary with highlighted sessions for early career investigators that you can sort of use to build kind of a backbone itinerary for the meeting. And then you can sort of sub in sessions that look particularly good to you, you know, take out ones that maybe aren't as applicable. But it helps, I think, to give you some guidance if you're not familiar with sort of how to approach the meeting uh, overall. Uh, I think planning your approach to the conference is really important. And so you're know, figuring out what sessions you're going to go to, just the logistics of where those sessions are and how much time it's going to take to get between sessions can really help in sort of having a, a plan on how to approach the meeting. Uh, there is also an app, if people aren't familiar with it, that you can download, uh, that you can use to also sort of give you directions, keep track of which uh, symposia or sessions that, you want, that you're going to, um, give you directions if you get lost. Hopefully, sometimes that feature works better than others. But it can be a good tool, again, to, to help you out. But I think the real key is, is having some planning. Um, and then I usually recommend sort of getting a lot out of the, 
the meeting overall, it's a really good idea to mix up the sessions. And so, you know, it's tempting. I think the first time that I went, I went to almost all symposia and felt like I got very little out of the meeting because you sort of sit in these chairs and you, you get a lot of great science, but you don't get a lot of interaction. And so trying to mix in going to some of the thematic poster sessions, going to some of the poster discussions gives you a chance to really interact with folks at the meeting, folks who are doing research that's similar to what you're doing, uh, research that you just find interesting, um, you know, people whose papers you've read, who you actually get to meet them. And it, it's a really good opportunity to network um, and, and sort of meet other people in the field who are researching. And so I think, you know, making a point to go to some of those sessions in addition to the big symposia can be really helpful from an early career standpoint. And then there are a couple other uh, centers that, that I'd like to highlight because they don't appear as prominently in the program. Uh, but they sort of run in parallel to a lot of the conference programming. Uh, the first is the Centers for Career Development. Uh, that's located in the Convention Center and Level 2 in Hall B. And again, if you look in the ATS roadmap, there is a, an outline of the sessions. But they're running on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday um, a bunch of sessions that are really targeted towards career development. So there's it, appropriately, the very first session on Sunday is tips and tricks for getting the most out of ATS 2019. Uh, some other sessions uh, is effective strategies for writing and publishing your manuscript, how to lead teams. Uh, there's a, a combined journal session between the white journal, the blue journal, and the red journal on Monday, May 20th from 11 to 1 that talks about sort of how to publish in those journals and also how to get involved as a reviewer. And so it's a really good opportunity to help pick up some of these additional sort of career development uh, courses to help augment that, um, that meaning experience. There's also the faculty development series. Uh, that's a series of seminars that runs from 6.45 to 7.45 a.m. So it's early, but it's worth it. Uh, at the Omni Dallas downtown, uh, that's at uh, Katy Trail on level two. Uh, and they have breakfast as well. So, you know, if nothing else, you at least get a free breakfast out of it. But the... Um, the Monday morning session is going to highlight faculty promotion and tenure, sort of unraveling the faculty handbook, and this is going to be really important for people who are involved in faculty transitions and trying to get a better sense of what does tenure mean uh, to uh, you know physician researcher or physician scientist or basic scientist, and how does that sort of apply? On Tuesday morning, there's a using digital scholarship strategically for career advancement, and then Wednesday morning. Uh, negotiating for your future skills and strategies for success that's really going to be involved in sort of how to propel your career forward and looking at uh, negotiation uh, strategies. Um, and then in addition to that, there's also the Science and Innovation Center, uh, which again has uh, a mixture of topics. Uh, there's uh, the ATS 101 series, which is sort of the basic introductions. They have cell fate, um, RNA-seq, uh, neural control of inflammation, session on how to set up a lab, how to hire lab management, a session on NIH grants. So that can be really helpful if you're looking for um, some guidance and assistance in sort of getting some of those answers to how you set up a lab and how you go about some of these logistics as an, that are important to early investigators. And I think these are really useful centers um, that it's easy to miss if you're just looking at this big program full of symposia, poster sessions, and those other things. It's, it's probably a good idea to try to mix some of those sessions in uh, as well. And so I think overall, those approaches and kind of planning your meeting out to take advantage of those centers as well as symposia and poster discussions can really go a long way towards getting a lot out of the meeting as an early
career investigator uh, and not uh, just sort of being overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's going on. Yeah, and if I may add, uh, Mark, I, the, the Science and Innovation Center uh, runs uh, Sunday to Tuesday um, and a half day on Wednesday. It, it starts early at 7.15 but goes to 5 and also has um, complimentary breakfast and light refreshments. And um, for those that are interested, uh, if they just um, – there's a Science and Innovation Center part of the ATS website that lists the, the curriculum being offered. I think the other ones we wanted to get, and I don't think I worked them in, were the networking events, um, the diversity forum and the women's forum. And then I, I did find it, it's like tucked away in a corner of the, of the roadmap, but there is actually the early career networking exchange from 5 30 on Saturday. That's great. That's, that's a really helpful overview. Um, I'd like to add a couple of tidbits that uh, of, of advice that I've been given when I was at the stage of going to the meeting for the first uh, couple times. Uh, one thing is definitely the advanced planning, but despite that, uh, no, no, no amount of planning will uh, avoid the fact that you're going to have to make some sacrifices because there inevitably will be sessions where you wish you could be in two places at once, and there's just so, so much going on that it's not possible to get to all the things that you'd like to go to. And at the, at the same time, while it's good to plan ahead, it's also important to be flexible because, especially from the networking aspect, there will be opportunities that, prevent, uh, that present themselves where you'll be able to meet with uh, people that you were looking forward to uh, getting to know at the meeting, which may inevitably force you to miss something that was on your schedule. So keeping... Uh, Keeping an eye out for flexibility and being opportunistic is also really important. And just one practical tip, um, you have to make sure you wear sensible shoes. That's <laughs> <laughs> because the venue is usually quite big, and I recall hobbling around at my first ATS having sort of chosen the business attire and probably not the best shoes for walking. And so that was something that I wish somebody had mentioned to me before I showed up at the first ATS meeting. Jake, can you think of any others that we want to, from session standpoint, that we want to highlight? No, I think from a session uh, uh, standpoint, um, uh, we, we've hit the high points. I think you know, there's um, the, the assembly participates in a mentorship mentee match program typically uh, rolls out in, in, in February, several months before the meeting, and we try to uh, pair mentees with mentors, and then they're encouraged to you know, set up one-on-one uh, -on -one, you know, meetings um, at, you know, at, at, at the international meeting. Um, and, I, you know, we've heard pretty universal um, good feedback of, of, of that, and, um, and so yeah, that gives um, a really chance of kind of one-on-one -on -one mentoring, uh, which doesn't necessarily occur in the larger uh, venues. And then we also have a, a meeting greet at the beginning of our business meeting that allows mentors and mentees to get to, to get together. So I, I think there's a lot. I mean, we, we take mentoring very seriously, and I think there's a. If we could do it better, we'd lo love to hear that feedback. But I, I think it's you know been going pretty well the last couple of years. Yeah, and I, I would add with that. Um, obviously, the the mentor mentee program match has already occurred for this year. Um, but if it's something that you know, listeners are interested in, um, definitely talk with folks at the meeting assembly about how to get involved in the match for next year's meeting. Because um, we're always looking for folks who want to be 
um, you know, want to be mentees and, and really get that one-on-one um, guidance through the meeting. And so I think it's a great opportunity that people can take advantage of again next year. Usually, it, I think it comes out in January or February is when sort of the call comes out for uh, folks, and then the match is usually in like March, I think, roughly. But but again, it, it, if you're something you're interested in, you know, come to the assembly meeting, talk to someone uh, from the early career working group or from the assembly leadership, and they'll make sure to get you plugged in with the right people, you know, for next year's match. Great. Mark, I was next going to ask you if you could give some of the junior trainees as well as early career individuals an idea of what goes on at, at an assembly meeting and uh, how they can get more involved with their respective assembly, especially with AII. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the assembly meeting is, is, is sort of basically the business meeting uh, for the AII assembly, which makes sense. Um, the meeting starts at 5.30, but there's actually a reception hour before that, from 4.30 to 5.30. That's really um, a great networking opportunity to meet other folks in the assembly, as well as a great chance to talk to uh, members of the assembly leadership and the early career working group who are all going to be there. Um, if, if being involved in the assembly is something that you want to do. And, and really what the assemblies do is they are really the, the core of ATS. You know, they're the ones who are planning next year's meetings. Uh, they're planning the symposia. They're the ones who are going through the abstracts, programming the meeting. And so really being involved with the assembly, you know, is a great way to be involved in having a say in terms of what, you know, ATS is going to address and uh, what the you know, annual meeting is going to look like. Uh, and that starts even at the very lowest levels. In addition to that, the assemblies also do a lot of other activities throughout the year. Um, obviously, the podcasts, which presumably listeners are aware of if they're listening to this one. Uh, but in addition to that, we also have you know, the journal clubs uh, that go on. There's content on the website that the assemblies produce. And so all of that content, all those decisions, are come out of this assembly meeting, and that's really where you get a chance to see what's going on in the assembly, what are areas you know, of interest where you'd like to be involved and you know, sort of become a more active member of ATS and have a role in planning that content and helping to build that content for other, um, other ATS members. Uh, the meeting is also where the abstract awards are given out, uh, as well as the Rising Star Awards. Um, it's also where uh, the next year's uh, planning committee and leadership are announced. And so it, it's really a critical part of being involved in the assembly and, you know, a great opportunity to meet other people with similar interests, you know, within ATS. And so I, it's something I really strongly recommend that um, folks go to, especially at the early career stage. There's really a lot you can get out of it. Um, and I would say to, don't be intimidated by the leadership people want people. They want people to participate. They want you to be there. Um, no one is going to be offended if you come up and just start talking with them at the networking thing. That's, that's why everyone's there. And, you know, there's uh, sort of ju more junior people like myself. There's, you know, the most senior people in the leadership, and they're all going to be, you know, excited to talk with you and talk to you about opportunities for being involved. And so I would really strongly encourage people to go. There is a way to get involved in the ATS. Great. So as far as the AII assembly meeting, uh, what day is it, and do you need to pre-register? You do not need to pre-register, so you can just show up. Our assembly meeting for allergy, immunology, and inflammation is going to be from 4.30 to 7 p.m. It is on Monday, May 20th, the Hyatt Regency Dallas. It's going to be at the Reunion Ballroom EF, 
off the lobby level. And there should be signs there as well. So if you don't remember that, you get to the Hyatt Regency Dallas, look for the signs, um, ask folks if you get lost, and they'll, they'll help you get to the right place. And again, I'd stress coming at 4.30 to 5.30 is going to be the networking hour. It's a great opportunity to meet folks, and the actual business meeting will start at 5.30. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our discussants for their helpful insights as we approach this meeting. It's our sincere hope this results in a more efficient and productive approach to your ATS meeting as an early career professional. Thank you for listening.